like our nature is to be self-involved and it's to be selfish and to think about me, me, me. Oh yeah. What am I getting out of it? Um, and it's just dying to yourself to put others before you. And that's what love is. I mean, love is not some gushy feeling like, Ooh, they make me feel good. It's like, if that's what your relationship is built on, you need to take a few steps back. Have, a, have fun with that after one year. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hold up. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad that you're here. Good to have you. Yes, and we want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page. We finally have our first patron. Said it right, right? Yeah. Patron? Yeah, it's not, the, not the person is not a Patreon. <laughs> You're a that's, patron. That's the platform. Um, yes, we want to let you know um, that that's what today's episode is sponsored by. And it's just a really cool community if you're um, just wanting to become more serious about really diving into your marriage and putting in the work and making it thrive. And it just gives you more direct access to us to ask questions that we may not necessarily have the, um, the time or it might be like, a very specific question for you and your spouse that you just don't want discussed on the show, which is totally fine. Um, we're here to help. And so that is just what happens when you become a part of the community and we write you a letter, you get a letter from us. So yeah, a handwritten letter, not like a typed up and then signed at the bottom, a handwritten letter. And we don't have one of those stamps where we're like, that's just our signature. No, it's real. <laughs> and it's also handwritten by Elizabeth. You're welcome because my handwriting is not good. <laughs> It's, I've been able to read it all these it's, years. It's legible. Yeah. It's passable. Yeah. It's good. My penmanship is not as good. Yeah. So we really thank you for your patronage. <laughs> Do you get it? And it patronage? Well, oh. Are you making it fun of me? Is. No, it's just a, it was a joke. It's, <laughs> it fell dead. Okay. <laughs> and also we want to remind you, as we do every week, to rate and review the show on iTunes or your li- favorite listening platform. That helps us to be found. It brings us to the top of different lists. So when you search for marriage, you hopefully see our thing up first and we can get more ears on the podcast and we love it. Yeah. Kind of spread the message. Yeah. And if you if you tag an episode on Instagram, just make sure that you, um, or share an episode on Instagram, make sure you tag us, Marriage Talks Podcast, so that we can also reshare your share because we like sharing. Sharing is caring. We love it. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. I will say for today's episode, I'm very passionate about it, Michael. So you have to like- I'll have to reel you you in. You have to reel me in. Like, I've been pushing for this topic for a while and you're like, no, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And I'm like, no, we need to do it. We need to do it this week. Yeah. So you're going to have to- Would you say that I canceled your plans to do this episode? Oh, you did. (laughs) Yeah. That one one worked better. (laughs) Yes. So if you didn't read the title of today's episode, we're talking about cancel culture and its effects on marriage because, oh boy, oh boy, has it affected marriage. Oh, yeah. Now, I think I've not ever heard cancel culture brought up in a positive light. It's definitely a negative thing. So we're going to be, there's just, it's one of those things where Maybe you have certain feelings about cancel culture or whatever. We have our own feelings about it, which we're going to obviously jump off from. 
but we were talking about it in the, we wanted to talk about it in the light of, or in the context of marriage. Yeah. That's kind of what our episode's going to be about. And it, I'll give you a little spoiler on the episode. It has no place in a marriage. No. <laughs> it's nothing but trouble if you bring it in. It has no place in a marriage. And also it's completely unbiblical. We'll just put that. Just drop in the mic. It's <laughs> on a stand. But if you didn't have it on a stand, it would be a mic drop. Yes. Every technical person will say, never drop a mic. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> yeah, it not, just damages the mic. Anyways. Yes. So like Michael said, cancel culture has no place in marriage and it's also completely unbiblical. And I know that we kind of like know what cancel culture is, but uh, if you've been listening for a few weeks, you know that I like to define things. <laughs> so yep. I want to define it. Um, I She's going to do the Wikipedia and I'll do the urban dictionary. Okay. Does that sound good? Yes. The Wikipedia definition of cancel culture is, or like call out culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, either on social media or in the real world or both. Yeah. And then the, uh, urban dictionary and it's, it's one of the good ones. It's not got like all kinds of language in it yeah. <laughs> to dismiss something or somebody and to reject an individual or idea. Yeah. So it's just completely saying, nope, you're out. Like, you wronged me, you're out. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, one and done. Yeah. Or yeah. like or like one thing is an absolute line in the sand, and there will be no relationship ever after this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think defining it, like putting some words behind it, because, you know, I think we're all guilty at some point, some point, like somebody just doing something and you're like, I can't believe they did that. I'm not going to follow them. I'm not going to do that. And, you know, I'm going to cut them out of my consumption or friend circle or whatever. I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah. And I think that having a label on it, cancel culture, and then a very specific definition really helps bring it to life as to how serious it is because you're canceling something like it's done. It's over. You've X'd out. It's out of your life done. So I think it's just really important. I just, I think definitions are really important because it just helps you to truly understand what it is that you're talking about or referring to. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where you kind of have to, in order to totally cut somebody out, like there are, before we go any further, we should say there are things where a person should be cut out of your life. Like sure. if there's abuse or something like that, absolutely get away, get out, you name it, get professional help and exit. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about just smaller offenses than that kind of thing. Like you didn't do it the way I wanted to. You didn't, you don't believe the same thing I do. Like smaller differences that aren't on the same level as abuse or life threatening. That's a, I'm glad you said that because that's something totally different. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be something to cancel. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You need to be safe. For sure. Yeah, but it's just, it's a big problem because it just creates like, it creates a dangerous mindset for marriage and what it actually is to be in a marriage. Mm. Like when we take those vows, whether you have your own vows or whether you go with the, the traditional kind of pre-written ones that everybody's familiar with, there's got to be grace, forgiveness, patience, and all that stuff scattered throughout every single day, all the time. And it's, it's a reflection of what the Lord gives us. Mm -hmm. Like 
God never runs out of patience, never runs out of grace. Thank goodness. (laughs) And therefore we should try, we won't be able to, but we should try to mimic that. Yeah. It's, it's so, I'm so glad that the Lord's forgiveness and patience and grace is unending because we need that. Like oh, yeah. every, every day, every day, every day, every day. Son. Um, yes, we need it every day, multiple times a day because we will constantly fall short because we're human. We have an innate sin nature and the only thing that's perfect is Christ. And so cancel culture, when you put it in marriage, it really distorts like the purpose of marriage. Like purpose of marriage is sanctification. Um, it is extremely pleasurable for sure. And it brings so much joy and it's an amazing, amazing connection and relationship, but it's also a big part of sanctification and sanctification is hard and it's uncomfortable and it's that like ironing, sharpening iron type iron. (laughs) My goodness. Well, iron sharpening iron type of situation. Yeah. You know, like whenever a blacksmith is creating something, he beats that metal. He, he, not a great analogy, but he beats it down to make it beautiful. And that's part of like sanctification is it's, 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 sanding and shaving and cutting off, like getting rid of those things that are not, that are not holy. Like those things that don't belong there, that don't belong there, that sinful nature. It's the flesh is going to resist that change because this, the flesh is selfish. And so that process is not comfortable (laughs) at all. And when you let cancel culture come into your marriage it completely changes the purpose of marriage. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes a ton of work. And if you are just kind of saying, ah, you know, we're done here, then you're kind of saying that the work isn't worth it. Right. Yeah. Like marriage is hard and cancel culture says, don't do or address the work. Like you're better than that. I, I think another important point to make is we're not talking about just cancel culture being like, when you apply cancel culture to a marriage, you're talking about divorce. So I'm not really talking about that always. And that's obviously the highest degree of canceling a marriage, but you can kind of take it on a smaller scale too, where it's like, if somebody say I ate, I ate something Elizabeth had been saving for a while and it just offended her, offended her like crazy. And she cuts me out of like, cold shoulder for like three days. Yeah. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Like not putting in the work to rectify and resolve the relationship Mm -hmm. over any amount of time can be a form of cancel culture. So not just divorce. That's good. Because I think it's like, if, if you think about it only as divorce, it's like, well, we're not, we're not considering divorce, but then again, you haven't spoken two words to each other in like a whole week. Yeah. That's really bad. You kind of just go ships passing in the night for months that's kind of practicing that kind of you've canceled that repair of the relationship. Mm, that's really good. That's because I was thinking divorce. So I'm glad that you brought up the smaller offenses of cancel culture Yeah, and, you know, distinguishing that. I think that's so true. Um, like Michael said, marriage is marriage takes work. And, and, you know, if I 
just gave Michael the cold shoulder because he ate he ate my my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's a friend's reference. Um and I didn't say like, oh man, I was I was really saving that sandwich. It makes me just I'm sad. Like I was really looking forward to that. And I thought I made it clear that that was mine. Michael would feel terrible. He'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that I did that. I just, it was not malicious at all. My belly would be happy, but I would feel terrible otherwise. Yes, emotionally you would feel bad because you, you hurt me, you know, as, as small as a sandwich is, you know, you still, you still want to treat your spouse right and try it. Like I remember, I, I, I just hate that. I may gave that example. Now we're running with it. Now it <laughs> seems extra silly. No, I just, I remember when I was pregnant with Jack and you had taken the last bit of luncheon meat and like hormones were off the charts. And I just started crying cause I couldn't have a sandwich with meat. I was like really looking forward to it. I never verbalized it. So it's not like he was like, Oh, she wanted the sandwich, but I got to it first. He was like, Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'll go to the store right now. And then it made me cry even harder because he went to the store to get me f- food so I could eat. I was like, Oh my goodness. And, and before you think I'm some sort of saint, our Publix is like a mile from here. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But you also could have said no, like find something else to eat, I guess, you know, <laughs> So marriage takes work, even in like the small little things, uh, you know, as, as small as a sandwich, like it takes work and to allow ourselves to get caught up in the cancel culture of I'm better than the work is really, really not okay. Like that, that mindset needs to be nowhere near your marriage. Yeah. And it also takes, um, an active part from the person who was wronged as well we're kind of talking about this so far as the person who wrongs the other, the, the wronger. <laughs> the one like committing the wrong. it to the wrongee. Yeah. But it also takes um, some work on the part of the person who was wronged to yeah. kind of also come meet in the middle. Yeah. And so like, you've got to, you've got to bring that forgiveness too. And not every, not every situation is created the same. So right. there's somewhere it might be a little bit more than 50, 50, but you got to kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Sure. Yeah. And another thing is like marriage takes some serious forgiveness, like several times a day. Um, and cancel culture says I'm better than offering you forgiveness. And that mindset just, it makes me Talk so to- angry because no one, you can, you can absolutely make the choice to not forgive someone. I understand from personal experience how hard it is to forgive someone when they have hurt you so deeply, like down to the core. You never thought this person would ever do something to hurt you. And they did. And you're like, I can, I can, you think like, I can never forgive them. But here's the deal. (laughs) In my grossest of gross, nasty, sinful nature, Christ says that stuff doesn't matter to me, your relationship. I like that stuff is forgiven. It's forgiven before it even happened. And I want a relationship with you because there's a bigger picture. And that's not to say that that's an excuse in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's forgiven, whatever. And then that person who did the wrong keeps doing it. That's not what we're talking about. It's like when there's true repentance, the person says, you know, I'm sorry that I did this. And here's my action. Here are my action steps for never doing that again and having a plan in place to 
fix the issue. The forgiveness, if I were to, if I were to had held on to forgiveness and not extended that, not to say like, oh, I'm such a great person, but like if I would have hoarded my forgiveness, I mean, the amount of bitterness and gross, nasty junk that would fester in my heart would then create a hard heart, which would then cause a marriage to fall apart. If you have disdain and just this, what is the right word? Not discontent, but um, something for your spouse that's like malice. Uh, maybe I, I think disdain word. is pretty. It sums it up pretty well. It, when you have that towards your spouse and your heart is so hard to them, like when you like truly don't like your spouse. Oof, that's a that's really crazy. that's a really yeah. hard. You can come back from it, sure, but that is a very very difficult place to be, and to reverse that. And so uh, that is quite the uphill battle if you get to that point. Yeah, and it's like, doable, but boy, it's hard. And like to not have offered that forgiveness, like the relationship would have fallen apart. But because the Lord gave me the grace to do that because it's not on my own, like forgiving somebody who did something really, really awful. It's not something that you can do on your own. Like you have to submit that to the Lord and ask for that strength to do it because it's the Lord's strength. The relationship would not be what it is today. And I would say not just to do it once, but to maintain it because those, mm. those human tendencies can easily come back. Yeah. Like for you to truly like die to it every day. Yeah. Um, so that have, if I were to have that cancel culture mindset, it would just create this toxic environment. And it's also incredibly arrogant. <laughs> the cancel culture mindset is, in, is, is incredibly arrogant because it's like, my way is the best way and you must earn my respect and my love. And it's all about me, 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 me. How arrogant and selfish is that? Very. <laughs> and I'm saying that because like I've, I've participated in that in the past. Not like I'm not a like post my cancel culture stuff on social media kind of person. I just don't think that's the place to do it. But, you know, in like my own mind of resolving things like, well, I'm not going to like that person anymore because of what they did. You know, I, well, here's an, here's an example is, um, Tiger Woods. It, like when I found out the things that he did and how it just completely wrecked his marriage. You stopped watching golf. <laughs> I'm not a golf watcher, no, no. but I was just like, I just have this, like this, like ew feeling towards him when, when it's it like, I feel like the appropriate emotion should, should just be like, man, what happened in his life that led him down that road? Like compassion and grace for somebody. That's not to say that what he did was right <laughs> at all. But when you choose to have compassion and to rise above judging that other person, it just allows for a greater conversation and greater healing. I don't know him. I don't know what he's done to rectify the situation. Is he a great athlete? Yes. Um, but I just, I hope that he's on the path to recovering to, from what his past was, because Ultimately, you want to see people rise above something that has brought them down and something that has really ruined their life. Yeah, I would say he did a pretty good job of that, at least from what I've seen, right. what I've read about. You know, we don't personally know him, but no. 
We just hope that he is doing better. And so I just think that it's a really, really arrogant mindset. And it's also like, who am I to sit there and judge somebody else? That's the big thing for me too. Like, like take this, take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. It's not up to me to do the judging. And that has been something that I've been working on through my relationship with the Lord over many years because I've just been quick to judge like, Oh, why would you do that? And it's like, that's, that's none of my business. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And and putting in the marriage context, especially it's like when you talk about just everything, whether it be cleanliness or your thought processes and stuff like that, it's so easy to criticize your spouse Mm -hmm. because you're there with them all the time. Yeah. And you're able to see you, you, know them probably better than anybody, hopefully better than anybody. So you could find all the wrong stuff, but to bring it up all the time or to hold it against them would be just really selfish. And yeah. I say this because I do this, like we all do <laughs> yeah. this. So I'm not yeah. like preaching from a giant we're, pulpit or something. We're it's preaching like, to ourselves. I'm preaching <laughs> on the same ground. And I hope anybody else who sees me doing that would bring it to my attention too. Yeah. But it's just, it's not about, it's not about my needs. It's about both of our needs and the needs of our family that we share, that we take care of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Having, having the ability to see the greater picture, um, because it, it, like our nature is to be self-involved and it's to be selfish and to think about me, 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 Oh yeah. what am I getting out of it? Um, and it's just dying to yourself to put others before you. And that's what love is. I mean, love is not some gushy feeling like, Ooh, they make me feel good. It's like, if that's what your relationship is built on, you need to take a few steps back. Have a, have fun with that after one year. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hold up. Um, it's extremely emotional and emotions are not reliable. Yeah. Like you think we're in love now? No, it's been 10 years. It's totally not. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, love is dying to yourself and choosing to put the other person first. And that creates such a deeper bond that, is much more difficult to break than emotions. I mean, how quickly do we flip emotions in a day? Well, especially when you you pregnant right now. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the, the other day you were you said you were um our son Henry, he's 4. Oh, yeah. He was um he put the towel over his head and he <laughs> said he like kind of old school Bible like biblical dress style. He was Mary did you know? <laughs> And Elizabeth started like laughing. I was, she was laughing, I was laughing so, hard. so hard. She was crying, and then she and, was actually crying. Then, it's okay. So I have I've laughed so hard that I've cried. Just like it makes you cry, but you're still laughing. You're still very happy. But I had never experienced laughing so hard that it turned into like happy tears, crying that turned into like. <laughs> <laughs> like he's growing sad, up, like he's growing up, and crying. he's making jokes. It now. was the weirdest emotional roller coaster, and I like had to stop for a second. Like, whoa, what is happening? Like, it's like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Your emotions are not reliable, and so to base. Um, to base like your your what you consider love like I just wouldn't sit here and say my love for you, Michael, is based on how much you know goodness you make me feel like butterflies in my stomach because I mean just like 45 minutes before we started this recording I was like boy let's bring it down a little bit it's funny because we tend to have we had we tend to have it's so weird how we have tension like 60 minutes before recording nights every single time yeah it's weird because it's like (laughs) 
we write the script up and sometimes we do it the night before. Sometimes we do it a few hours before, but, um, it's like, are you sure you want to record tonight? Cause I'm pissed right now. <laughs> I don't so think I can talk you. about this, but it's seeing the bigger picture and allowing yourself to like get out, like stop being so self-absorbed and put the other person like, that's what love is. That's Christ's love. Like, he sacrificed himself for the betterment of us. Like, that's what it is. And so, you know, laying down your life for that other person, that's love. Um, and that's that's got to be the foundation of the marriage. Like, that's got to be the definition of love. Otherwise, you know, cancel culture, like getting swept up in, into all of that is going to be so easy. You know, you pissed me off today and I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to talk to you for three days. Like that is a small form of cancel culture. And I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I did that like six months ago to you. It wasn't three days, but it was like three hours. Yeah. Thank God is, it's, it's never drawn out like that. You don't do that, which no. is nice. And I, and I like maybe twice, Maybe twice have I done like the cold shoulder and not talk to you. And it's because I can't not talk to you. It killed me. She likes me. I do. And it was really stupid of me to sit there and like not text you for three hours. Like this, it's oh, really, yeah. I remember that. That's yeah. pretty recent. Actually. Yeah. It was really <laughs> dumb. Is the, and, I, and I had to ask for forgiveness because. I totally forgot what was the deal. I don't. But that's the thing is like. It didn't matter. Yeah, I didn't want you to say it on air anyway. <laughs> no, it didn't, but it didn't matter. Like the the issue is insignificant because there's a greater thing. Yeah, so it's really it's easy to talk about cancel culture and how bad it is and stuff, but right. what kind of uh culture should we have? What should we call that? And what I would be, what I would basically call it, this is not that inventive, but <laughs> just a culture of grace. Yeah. That sums it up to me in one kind of word best. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what has the Lord done for me? What is the Lord showing me each day? And I should try to mimic that. And I think grace was the best word for that. Yeah. Having, I think having, if we really focused on having a culture of grace in our marriage, it would like completely transform marriages across the world. It would be such an amazing revelation, truly. Um, because we are all, like I've said it so many times, we are all selfish. We are all selfish. And if you're thinking, well, I'm not selfish. I do things for other people. Wrong. It's just, I would have believed that several years ago. And having children really makes you realize just how selfish you are. But we are all selfish and we want to look out for ourselves and we want to justify things as long as it's to the betterment of ourselves and having a culture of grace in your marriage. And, and I said it earlier and it's not to like, it's not for the other person to justify like, Oh, I know they'll give me grace so I can do whatever I want. I say, no, you both have to go a hundred percent doing your best to make this marriage the best thing and to treat each other with respect and love and making each other better and having that grace and compassion for each other to have that deeper marriage. Like it's such an incredible thing like to, to go from, cause I think when you're newlyweds, you know, we just got swept up in like, we're newlyweds and now we're 
you know, in the same house and we just share all these things and yay, slumber party every night. And then it's like, is that what you're like? <laughs> like? This is not what I was like. Reality sets in. No, I think when you're like newlyweds, you're like, hey, how you doing? A lot of, uh, a lot of naked Tuesdays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, yes, you, you get to experience your person in a much different way. And it's very exhilarating. And then when the dust settles from like, quote, the honeymoon period, and that's not to say that like, you don't ever have that like, yay, I get to experience you again type of feeling because I feel like our marriage has come back to that. Like, I feel like our marriage has transformed in such a way to where like, we're, we are much closer in a lot of ways and intimacy being one of them, which is amazing. And the by the grace of God, really, because uh, left up to our own devices. Hey, we're selfish. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just having that grace and compassion for that other person and and saying, hey, you know, this this was really hurtful. What can I do as your spouse to help you make that change? Like really practicing true repentance. So this is what I did. Ask for forgiveness. Give the forgiveness that give the forgiveness, then having the plan set in place that you and your spouse agree on to make that change and to go 180 degrees from whatever it is that you did. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's kind of practicing the gospel in your own marriage. For sure. So like you have to practice the gospel in your own marriage every day. So we, we constantly sin would be separate from the Lord except for the gospel, except for that grace. And Christ is kind of like negating all that forgiveness across the board. So you should, again, I was saying it over and over, but you should also try to mimic that gospel living in your marriage with your spouse. Yeah. It's what saves marriages, <laughs> really. Oh, yeah. Really and truly, the gospel saves marriages for sure. Um, it's it's just such a powerful thing and is the only reason we have made it to nine and a half years literally crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's super important. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to continue to have this conversation with us, because I just feel like cancel culture is very rampant right now. Um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's really sad because it just, you can see how it, it destroys marriages, but then just destroys friendships and like we're we're just losing compassion and grace for people and it's really really heartbreaking yeah just be aware of the lines in the sand that you draw because hey you said it best i've just heard stories and we're not this is not something for the 30 and under crowd which is i think who gets a lot of the blame for cancel culture yeah i work with a an elderly population for the most part as a physical therapist and i heard a story earlier this year that really just broke my heart. I'll never forget it. And it was this woman who was kind of middle, middle of the road politically, but her husband was a big Republican supporter. And she had a friend she went to go have dinner with who was way left of the aisle. And that friend got on conversation and found out that the husband was a, a Republican, like hardcore Republican. And this patient who's telling me is like the, the friend of like 30, 40 years 
totally signed off on her. Like, we cannot be friends anymore because of your husband's political beliefs. And she's like, but I don't even believe that. Like, I'm not even on the same page there. It's like, doesn't matter. You stay married to him and that's bad enough for me. And so it's like, that was like a 65 year old. That's a heartbreaking thing to just completely cut off a friend of 30, 35 years just because of something that doesn't like, you don't need to bring that into a friendship. Correct. Like that doesn't, if we hold on to some sort of belief, whether it's political now, you know, we believe the Bible is the absolute truth. Um, we're very open about that, but like a pol- something that is not an absolute truth, like a political belief or opinion to idolize that so much that it becomes your absolute truth. First of all, it's just going to let you down every time. Um, you know, no one person, human person or, or like political belief is meant to be a savior. This is not what they are. And so it's just, it's going to let you down. It's going to bring heartbreak. And when we elevate that to a place where it doesn't belong, it's just disappointing over and over again. And that's why there's so much anxiety and turmoil associated with it. Yeah. And that's why you can't make your spouse your savior either. Like right. your spouse is human. Just, just wanted you to know that. And yeah. it's going to be bad. And it's going to be disappointing. Yeah. And I would never sit here and say, oh, Michael completes me because if that's what I believe, then that is a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good because just today, like I said, 45 minutes before we recorded this, he did something that I was like, babe, you've, you got to calm down. Like you got to, let's bring it down and let's have some grace and compassion. 10 to a five. <laughs> 10 to a five. And it, I would just be disappointed and I would have so much anxiety and like disgust towards Michael if that was the pedestal that I put him on because he would always fail and vice versa. My Thanks a lot. Jeez. No, always. if you did that, if you did <laughs> that know, for I'm me, like it wouldn't take but five minutes yeah, in a fail. day because constantly, <laughs> yes, because I wake up <laughs> looking like I'm mad at the world and you'd yes. be like, Oh, <laughs> it's really weird. It is, this is my face. <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's taking a step back, really assessing is this something worth getting upset about? And, you know, Michael and I believe if it's, if, if it doesn't have anything to do with the Bible, God's word, like, you know, you can have, you can do something. He can, he can load the dishwasher differently than me. He can make a sandwich differently than me. He can drive a car differently than me. He can, you know, whatever, like, hundreds and thousands of things, he can do them differently differently mm-hmm. than me because they're small and insignificant and doesn't change the bottom line of our marriage. Yeah. So basically to summarize everything, <laughs> cancel culture is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, be aware of your, be aware of your lines in the sand in your marriage and outside, but you know, it's a marriage podcast. We're talking about that. Yeah. And just, just have grace with your spouse as you go about your day. And just remember, you're both human. You're going to screw up, but just kind of meet each other in the middle. When those things inevitably do happen, yeah. don't cold shoulder, don't sign off, like don't write them off, but really rectify the situation. Right. Yeah. And so our challenge for you this week, 
And if you're new to listening, the challenges are something that you can do with your spouse. It's like a tangible thing that you can act on based upon what we've talked about. And we give you these challenges because we want to give you something that you can actually do and put into place to make a change, to start a conversation. Because I've always felt for the longest time with our marriage that I was like, I don't know what we should do. Like somebody just tell me what to do. Like give me a prompt, you know, something, something practical that Mm -hmm. I can do. And so your challenge for this week is to sit down with your spouse in the next seven days and to talk about what areas have reflected the idea of cancel culture or or having severely lacked grace in your marriage. Like, you know, well, you really get like you give me the cold shoulder when I do this and I don't understand why. Or, you know, I've noticed that I am really harsh to you in this area we need to sit down and talk about why that is. Cause that could be like years of baggage that you got to sift through and you got to work through and talk about, but work through them, have an honest and open conversation about it and just do your best to have as much grace and compassion and love for your spouse. Cause these are hard things to talk about and they feel extremely vulnerable because you're essentially saying I was wrong <laughs> and nobody likes to say they're wrong. <laughs> nobody likes to admit they've done something the wrong way. And it's extremely, you know, like you've exposed yourself. Um, and so this is a good, a good opportunity for you both to have a lot of grace and compassion for each other, because when you enter that into, when you include that into a vulnerable conversation, it then, um, allows you to have more conversations like that, which are incredible and they're amazing and they have produced so much fruit in our marriage and have really transformed our marriage when we are vulnerable with each other. Yep. So it's very long winded, but yes, we're it was. Very, <laughs> I was like, wow. But I told you, you gotta, you gotta reel me in. Cause Stick I'm, around very, for the ending. <laughs> I'm very passionate about it. This is, this is just a very serious thing. Yeah. So there we go. We got our cancel culture <laughs> episode done. <laughs> And we're done. And y'all stuck with it. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Yes. Thanks, guys.